know, I don't know if the rest, some of you have seen the, the news or on social media that, that right now there's a, there's a move of God that's going on in uh, Asbury College or University in uh, Kentucky. Um, it's a historic site where there was a, a great move of God that started in 1970. Um, they went to chapel on Wednesday, and they, didn't, they haven't left the chapel yet. Some of them have been there or been there as much as possible where they've just been continuously seeking the Lord, continuously worshiping the Lord, continuously repenting of, of sin. Just, you know, you see the pictures and people are all just kneel, kneeling down at the front. Have you, have, how many of you all have heard about that? Have seen something about that? Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, and we don't know what, we don't know what they were, how, how long they've been praying, how long they've been seeking the Lord. So, uh, we we don't give up. We don't, we don't give up. We keep we keep responding what, to what God is is calling us to and leading us to. And He's really, you know, He's wanting to to strip away some things first before He fills us with some things. What? Oh. I don't hear anything. So, do y'all hear anything on the roof? So, they're just working on it. So, no big deal. <laughs> so, we prayed this morning. Our leaders, right? We prayed this morning. Like Ronnie just prayed that the Holy Spirit would get him. And I just said, "Well, just don't let him get slain in the spirit and roll off." But you know, um, hey, you know what? God can minister to them right now too. Uh, he he's at work. So. Hey, I want to wrap up. Uh, let's let's go. We have a few minutes. Let's wrap up uh, Exodus four because I think it it's it's helpful um, to continue on where we were. If you weren't here last week, we were in Exodus four, which is the encounter where uh, I'll just stay on this mic, guy. Um, the encounter that Moses has with God, and um, God tells him, I've, "I'm sending you," and so Moses says. What's your name? God tells him his name. He says, I am. I'm Yahweh. I, I am who I am. I'm, I'm the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God who, who called your people long ago. Um, and then he tells Moses, Moses says, how can anybody believe me? He starts, he gives him four signs to perform, uh, or three signs to perform. Um, and the first is that, that Moses takes a stick and he God says, throw it down. He throws it down. It becomes a snake. Second one is he puts his hand in his cloak. It comes out with a disease, leprosy. And then he says, put it back in. He puts it back in his cloak, and he pulls it out, and it's healed. And the third one, he says, if they won't listen to you uh, after all that, then take some water, scoop it out of the river, the Nile River, and then pour it on the ground. And when you pour it on the ground, it will become blood. And so we looked at that last week, and we looked at the call of God, and we looked at you know how he you know how we respond to the call of God, um, but we also need to know how we respond to God's signs. So it's interesting that you use the word sign that God was you know stirring that word. Um, it says if you want to, so he has those three signs, and we're, you you may say, you know, was was God just uh, wanting to do some cool tricks so they could just say, oh, that was really impressive, so that must be God, right? No, he, he was kind of being specific about what he was doing. So why did the why did the rod why did why was this sign? Why did the rod turn into a snake? Okay? 
Now, if you study Egypt, Egyptian history a little bit, um, they were a, they had many gods. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, this like they had a god for everything. You know, there's the god of the sun, the god of the moon, the god of the morning, the god of the afternoon, the god of the river, god of the land, fertility, all you know, happiness, healing, whatever. You know, you had to go to a, uh, you had a different god. One of the most influential ones uh, in Egypt is was called Wajet. Okay. And this was the goddess of Egypt symbolized by a cobra. And so the pharaohs of that time, when they found, you know, they've unearthed their tombs and stuff, they, were, they would wear the insignia of the snake, of a coiled or something snake, as the sign that they were the ruler, as the sign that, because they, and they also believed that, uh, in in those times, they believed their ruler was was a god, was was supernaturally powerful. In other words, so Pharaoh was was the not just the man; he was a god. And so, when God says, "Hey, here's the first sign I want you to show," is I want you to throw down your rod; it's going to become a snake. But so you know that Pharaoh's not the god of all that. Wajet or whatever this goddess name they had come up with is not God of all. When that becomes a snake, then you're going to pick it up by its tail and it's become a rod again. And so the sign was pointing to God's superiority to every other God. He was intentionally showing, I am the God. So Puts his hand in, has leprosy, another sign. I'm the God who can heal. I'm the God who has power over your life. And the third one is this, is, of course, the Nile River was the source of life for everything, for for the whole nation of Egypt. I mean, everything was about, you know, the, the Nile would flood in certain stages and that would irrigate the crops. Um, as we know later, we're going to get into the, 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 the plagues, uh, 10 plagues of Egypt. It's kind of the same idea is, is that God is saying over and over again, no, I'm in charge. No, I'm greater. No, I'm more powerful than all these other things that you believed in. And sometimes we need God to show up and say that, right? We need to sh- God to show up and say, hey, I'm, I'm bigger than addiction. I'm bigger than addiction to alcohol. I'm bigger than addiction to drugs. I'm bigger than addiction to porn. I'm bigger than depression. I'm greater than anxiety. Hey, that sickness and disease that that you're battling, I'm greater than that. I'm Lord over that. It's it's nothing for me to heal. It's nothing for me to to change the situation. It's nothing for me to transform this, that I'm God. And it says in uh, verse 8, this is interesting. I've never really seen this before. It says, Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. 
But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Now, what's interesting about that section right there is the actual, you know, the the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So the, the idea in Hebrew is this, and it really doesn't come out too well, especially in the NIV here. But it says, where it says pay attention to the signs right there, the word there is actually listen to the voice of the sign. It has the idea of the signs are speaking. In other words, are you going to respond to the sign that God is giving you? When something is happening, are you going to, you know, because the sign is meant to send you somewhere. The sign is meant to, you don't, you don't show up. It's like we've used this illustration a hundred times before, but, uh, you know, you don't, when you want to go see, Let's see. I'll get the Super Bowl today, right? So anybody know what stadium they're playing in today? I have no clue. Um, okay, whatever the name of that stadium is, you what? They're in Phoenix, the Phoenix Stadium that has some corporate name on it, okay? Um, so nobody, if you got a ticket to the Super Bowl, first of all, you wouldn't be here right now, I guess, but um, if you had a ticket to the Super Bowl, who's going to take their ticket and stop at the sign? I mean, if somehow... Somebody gave you a ticket to the Super Bowl that was worth lots of money, ten grand or something. Probably I don't know how clue. I don't have a clue. I'm probably never going to. The, if somebody gives me a ticket, I might consider going. I'm not going to purchase one. Okay, I can tell you that right now. I'm never going to purchase a ticket to the Super Bowl. So, um, but you don't. You don't. Nobody has stopped at the sign. You're going in. I mean, especially you got a ten thousand dollar ticket. I mean, either that or sell it, you know, something, right? <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even legal anymore. I don't even know if you can do that. But, uh, but nobody stops at the sign because the sign is showing you the way. It's, it's pointing you to something else. It's showing you where you're supposed to go. And it's the same thing with these signs. It says, look, they need to listen. They need to listen to what the sign is saying. Where, where is it leading you? Where, where is God trying to get you to? Don't just celebrate. Oh, God did something amazing. Oh, God, this, I, this amazing thing happens. Like, where is he taking you? Where is he leading you? What is he trying to reveal to you? And for the people of, of the nation of Israel, it was to return to him, to get to know him better. To say, hey, guess what? I'm God. Not all these other things. All these other, other things that you're putting your trust in. They're not God. I'm God. You know, because I'm sure the people of Israel, they've been living for 400 years in a culture that was saturated in the idea that there was all these gods with all these names and you had to do different things to get them to do what you want, to manipulate them so you could get what you want. And God says, guess what? It doesn't work that way. You don't get to manipulate me. You get to follow me. You get to go where I want you to go. You get to speak when I want you to speak. But you got to follow the sign. You have to go in to the Super Bowl. I'm sure it's amazing to be on the outside. Maybe. I don't know. I'm sure it's amazing to be, be in a situation. But some of us, we stay on the outside. 
We enjoy the sign. We take the selfie at the sign. Look where I am. (laughs) We can post it on our whatever you post on. (laughs) And we can make it look cool. Like, oh, yeah, I know God. Hey, look, here's this moment. Let me take a picture of God's doing something right now. But what happens afterwards? Did you go in? Did you go in and get close to him? Or did you just enjoy the outside and go, hey, that was fun. That felt really good. The atmosphere is really nice. So the signs were speaking, but they were also declaring the lordship that, of, of God. And so we have to understand that anything that in our lives that is trying to declare that its name is over Jesus, we have to understand that Jesus is always wanting to declare his lordship over that. Whatever that is, whatever that is in our life, God is he's declaring and saying, I'm greater. I, I'm 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 stronger. I, I'm the one that's in charge. So, of course, we talked about Moses and Moses still can't, you know, even after the signs, Moses still doesn't respond. God in his mercy and grace says, fine, I'm going to send Aaron with you. Aaron can go with you and Aaron will be your spokesman. Okay. So then I want us to pick up the end of this chapter here. We're going to close with this. It says, then Moses, verse, uh, whatever it says, 18, I think. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. (laughs) Isn't that just a weird way for Moses to put it? (laughs) Let's see if anybody's left. (laughs) Oh, man of faith, right? God says, go rescue them. He's like, well, we'll go see if anybody's left. Hopefully there's nobody there so I don't have to do anything, right? (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. That just struck me as funny. Um, (laughs) The Bible is real, right? Real people, real life. Jethro said, go, and I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. Remember, Moses had to leave because he kill an Egyptian, he was going to get killed. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt, and he took the staff of God in his hand. That's good, uh, because he needed to use that. Verse 21, the Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see to it that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so so that he will not let the people go. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I'll kill your firstborn son. God is serious here. Now we're going to start one of the most strange and fascinating sections of the Bible. That if you read it and really pay attention, you're like, wait, what? So at a lodging place on the way or like a, a campsite, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zipporah, that's his wife, took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said, so the Lord let him alone. So at that time she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. The Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and also about the signs. And Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites 
And Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. And he also performed the signs before the people. And they believed. Isn't that awesome? And they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. And whenever God does something, it just causes you to worship, doesn't it? It makes you humble yourself. It makes you, it makes you say, God, I, just, I, don't, I don't understand, Lord. You're, you're amazing. I, I, need to, I need to humble myself before you. You know, when you really meet God, it kind of, it kind of breaks you. So I want to go back to this thing, though, about the section where it says, what is going on when it says Moses goes on the way and God's about to kill Moses? Right? Have you ever read, anybody ever read that before? Some of you are like, this is the first time I've ever seen that, right? And you're like, some of you are like, I'll just read that and go, okay, whatever. Let's just get to the ten plagues, okay? <laughs> I understand that. I know what's going on here. But there's, some, there's a powerful truth here that's happening. And I mean, we got to think, we got to remember that God's not a human. So they have to describe him in human terms. So this is kind of a, you know, anthropomorphism. We're, we're saying that, you know, is, was God actually, you know, you know, just crouching outside the campsite, you know, with a knife, you know, it's like, and, and God, because think about this. If, if God wanted to kill Moses, could he have killed him? I mean, there's no, there's no question that uh, who's going to win that battle, right? I mean, it's, 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 there's no, there's no, it's, it's a hundred to zero. There, there's zero chance, not even 0.1 percent chance. If God wants to take take out Moses, He can take out Moses. So uh, obviously, if God wanted to kill him, He would have killed him. Most likely, and I read this, and this is kind of interesting. You know, probably what happened is something like this, is because they, they have no other way of describing it, is Moses probably became extremely ill. Because he, it, it was his wife who even had the strength to respond and do something. And what did she do? She circumcised her son. Think about this. So we're going to have to go back in history. When God first calls Abraham and says, come follow me, and I'm going to show you the land, I'm going to make you a people, what does God do? He makes a covenant with Abraham, a blood covenant. And he says, this is your part of the covenant. Everybody who's a male in your family, this is the sign of the covenant. You've got to circumcise them. Every single one of them. So it says that day when Abraham heard that, that himself at an old age of a man, his son, his, his servants, everybody is like, it's circumcision day, boys. So they all did it on the same day. And so that was the agreement in the covenant with God that his people had made. Now here is Moses why is God opposing Moses and basically saying, you cannot go on the way you are? It's because Moses had chosen not to surrender in this one area of his life. We don't know, we don't know why. But 
Moses, without a doubt, would have known, oh, yeah, my kids, my sons must be circumcised. Again, it's not about circumcision. There's magic in it. It's about obedience to the Lord. It's about, hey, here's the way in to the covenant. Here's the sign that you're in agreement. And, you know, there was, you know, ancient covenants, they had all kinds of blood involved. Because it was meant to say, till death do us part. Marriage is a covenant. It comes from those ancient practices. Walking down the middle of the aisle, having the families on each side coming together, having a sign of the covenant, making vows, making promises. It's all covenant from way, 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 way back when, ancient history. And so Moses has this one area of his life. We don't know if it's because his wife was foreign, that she was like not cool with it. We don't know if she's like, no, let's not, let's not do that. And Moses is like, well, I'm not, I'm not with God anyway, so whatever. We'll just let that go for now. But Moses could not step into the place where he was going to lead the nation of Israel unless he surrendered this part of his life. I mean, this is serious. This was so serious, it says that, hey, look, you're going you're gonna to die unless you obey God in this. So sometimes God is going to deal with us seriously. And I'm not here to say, I don't think this is teaching this, I'm not here to say that God shows up and is ready to kill you. <laughs> but we got to know if there's something where God's saying, hey, right now we're going we're gonna to take care of this. We better take care of it. I'm not talking about the things you don't know. I'm talking about the things you do know. Because there's some things that as you walk with God, he, he shows you something. You're like, oh, I didn't realize that was wrong. He's like, I know. We're, we're just working this out. So, boom, once you know, you know. And you're like, okay, now I can deal with that. But this is something that Moses knew, but an area in his life where he was in disobedience to the command of the Lord. So anyway, I hope that helps you understand this passage a little bit more because it was about covenant. And it was like, look, this was so serious. God's like, you're, you're going to be leading the whole entire nation. And yet you have this part of your life that you're not surrendering to me. I cannot allow you to go. I have to stop you from going until you've surrendered this. Thankfully, his wife, we, she was paying attention because it basically says she did it, touched his feet. Boom. It was over. Again, it's still weird. still a strange story. Like, we can't get around that, right? <laughs> we can't get around that. But the truth that comes from it is this. Will you obey? Will you surrender what God calls you to surrender? So I feel like, man, this word ties in with the words that we had beforehand. So if God is, if God is calling you to deal with something and say, hey, you need to let this, let this down, today's the day. It's not tomorrow. It's today. Today is the day to say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this thing down. So let's respond to him right now. So if you want to stand up let's, just to change your posture, thank you, Lord.
And Lord, we just we just thank you right now that we are thankful that we're in the new covenant. <laughs> that Jesus, we don't have to have our blood spilled. You took your own blood for us. And you are our representative because you were you were a hundred percent human, but you were also representing God because you were hundred percent God. The very Son of God made human. And so you represented us. So we don't we don't have to worry about are we gonna fulfill the covenant? Well you've you've taken care of that. But we do get to walk in obedience. And we get to walk in surrender. And so right now, God, we just, we, we've already humbled ourselves today. We've responded in so many different ways. But if there's anything in our hearts, God, that would hinder us from moving forward in you, we want to lay it at your feet right now. If anything comes to your mind right now, you could just say right now, God, I just surrender that to you. Whatever that thing is, maybe you weren't even thinking about it and God just brought something to your mind right now. Just just lay that down at his feet. Thank you, Lord. We're placing those things under the blood of Jesus. We're believing they are forgiven through through what Jesus did. That we're not responsible for forgiving ourselves. We're not responsible for taking care of it. We're just responsible for laying it at your feet, oh God. whether it's an attitude, whether it's a practice in our life that we think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And God says, no, it's a big deal to me. You need to let that go. You need to stop. You need to stop that thing. You can't go on anymore. You've got to give that up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing to us, God. And thank you for freedom, Lord, that when we surrender, God is just like new. There's no, there's no condemnation. There's no, there's no guilt or shame that needs to hang on our lives, God. It's not about that. It's not about us becoming religious and trying to make ourselves a better person. No, it's about surrendering to a God who loves us and who won't let us go on because he doesn't want us to harm other people. <laughs> that Moses would have been destructive to a people and, and possibly led them astray if he wasn't willing to surrender to you, God. And we don't want to lead anybody else astray. We want to surrender to you. So we thank you for that. And we honor you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said earlier, I want to say this just as a, a point of, of a call. If you've never been baptized in water and for some reason you said, oh, I don't need to do that, you need to do that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you must be baptized in water. You don't have to do that to get to heaven, but you must because God said so. And it's a step of obedience that every believer in Jesus must take. And it's a serious thing. So anyway, if you need to talk to us, talk to one of us leaders, if, that, if that's you. Uh, since we did that today, I want to point that out. So... Our leaders will be up here. If you need prayer for anything, please don't leave here. Uh, but God has obviously gotten our attention today with a few things. He's, he's wanting to really deal with some stuff. So continue to allow him to work in your heart.
So, but if you need prayer, come on up. Be blessed. If you want to know about home group, talk to Mr. Michael right here.